0: what is good everybody you're listening to another episode of the stay tranquilo podcast where we're here to help you stress a little bit less and enjoy a whole lot more we're coming off a nice fresh heat w today um so, so happy and in good spirits today after a crazy game, I'm here with Amy.
1: Hello, it's great to be here.
0: So a little bit about Amy and how we met. Um, we met at a party not too long ago. Um, she's been good people like ever since we met, and we've stayed in contact. Just like one of those people that you know, like you're on like kind of like the same wavelength, you know, like same mindset, and just kind of get it, you know. So. After like, getting the pod back going and post-pandemic, I thought she was one of the first people that we had to get on on the pod, so um, I'll let you go. Tell people a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, anything exciting about you.
1: So in true fashion to the State Tranquilo vibes, I am a very calm, cool, collective girl. Um, I was born and raised here in Miami, so 305 till I die, definitely got a... <laughs> Reflect on that heat win today. That was definitely something that was exciting to watch. Let's go heat. Um, it's, a,
0: it's a common thing going
1: on right <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm very honored to be the first guest back post pandemic. You know, I,
0: I wanted to. Uh, yeah, you actually are the first you guest back yeah. because yes, me so and him had awesome. our, our had yeah. our uh, had it's our oh, episode okay. last last week,
1: um,
0: and it was just us two. So you are the first the first. Uh, first yeah first guest on the pod since the post pandemic I'm honored I wanted to ask you cuz you're a big heat fan how mm-hmm. did that come into to life obviously you're from Miami but I feel like at uh, least girls are not like big in their fanhood when it comes <laughs> you to you're always sport, like, so, the heat or- like I have how to did like- that happen?
1: I have to literally owe it all to my older cousin, Christina. Okay. Christina Gonzalez, shout out, love you. Christina Gonzalez? Yeah. Do I know this Christina Gonzalez? Probably not, I mean, but...
0: Like, I feel like Christina Gonzalez is also a super common name in Miami.
1: It, it definitely is, but she's one of a kind. She's the most unique Christina Gonzalez there is.
0: Well, thanks, Christina Gonzalez, for your right. fanhood.
1: Um, <laughs> my cousin actually went to Gables, and that's where she was exposed to a lot of kids who are very passionate about basketball. Okay. And um, my well, I have was old, a
0: good basketball school, right?
1: I don't know. I, I did not go to Gables. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I feel like it was a good school, but yeah, no. I mean, that's good to have a cousin that does that. Like my fanhood, I've just been a diehard sports fan since like day one, so it's been good to. It's been good to be. Why is this not this recording? I can edit this out. Yeah, we're good. Um, it's been good to to kind of like be. Part of the heat culture like from the beginning because we've seen it all we've seen like the whole lebron situation and then a sucking after lebron and then coming back to life and now like the whole jimmy butler swag so it's it's dope to be a heat fan
1: it's dope to be a heat fan from day one
0: it is yes. that is true that's true because there's a lot of bandwagon heat fans so that's true so i guess enough about the heat um maybe we'll bring them back later on but enough about the heat for now um you know i was asking Amy, what we wanted to talk about today, and when she brought up the topic of, of mindfulness, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit more now, um, I thought it was the perfect topic, you know, just because of the current situation at State, like, what's going on in the world, um, my, you know, my understanding of what mindfulness is, and, and how I've put so much time and energy studying this, and, and trying to understand it a little bit more, because it's, it's a term that's growing, but it's not something that I don't think a lot of people understand, so, you know, for this platform, you know, I thought it fit what we always try to preach and it's something that I practice on, at least try to practice on a daily basis and I think more people need to practice on a daily basis. Um, so, you know, I guess the first thing I would wanna ask you is, you know, in, in your eyes, what is, what is mindfulness and then what do you do on a daily basis to apply mindfulness in, into your everyday life?
1: So when I'm trying to understand something, I always try to break up the word. And mindfulness, you have mind and then fullness. So typically when you first hear that word, you you feel you need to be full mind and body and spirit in a way, because it's kind of your mind is your brain and your brain is in control of not only your thoughts, but your physical ability. So mindfulness, you know, it's a misconception when people think that being mindful is just being aware of yourself, but it's being aware of yourself, your surroundings, others. Um, it's its so much more intricate than that. But um, mindfulness, I, I would say that the two most important things that um, are at play there would be attention. Um, of course, we need to pay attention right. to ourselves, like I said, and others. Um, and also, not so much being spiritual, but being very, um, uh, I would say, ponderous, like, very
0: like open-minded
1: open-minded in, in a way but also questioning right questioning everything yeah because the way that we become aware is by questioning our circumstances
0: and, and when you say like we have to be more aware of ourselves be more aware of like our surroundings right awareness seems to be like the big keyword around around mindfulness um, you know what do you mean and how do you become like more aware of of your surroundings of yourself you know i know meditation is a thing that people um mention when it comes to like being a more mindful person and being more mindful of your surroundings because it requires you to look you know within instead of looking so much without and being so distracted by the external and focusing more on the you know internal um so to me a big part of like finding that awareness is internal but i want to ask you before i kind of go go into that
1: well, I would just like um, all the listeners to know I myself have a terrible time with meditation. I have ADHD, so my brain's right. <laughs> jumping from one thought to another. And, and what is
0: what what is your um, meditation practice?
1: My meditation practice would be reflection, just so like much writing as, down. Yeah, okay. writing down, trying not so much to understand my feelings but work through them. Right. You know, we might not always have the answers to things, but being mindful i think a really important part of being mindful is not reacting instantly to things it's it's more of meditating in a way not that we think of like laying down on the floor and right. repeating yeah, the oh. misconception
0: is the oh. exactly sit down. which look i do do that that's how i that's how i meditate i sit i don't make the noises but i do sit like in my mind and try to sit in the empty space right per se um But it is uncomfortable and it is tough especially like if you are someone that like attention is hard you know hard to grasp and sit in that um but like you don't have to sit there for three hours and like just sit like you're a monk you know like that's that's the misconception of what like meditation is um so i do think there's other forms of meditation besides sitting down right and i think to your point it's like what works for you and and kind of like where are you getting the best results? Because just because it's not comfortable doesn't mean it's the right thing to do either, right? Exactly. You know, because when I started meditating and doing that whole sitting down thing, it was hard as flip, you know? Like, I wasn't sitting down for 10 minutes. Like, I, there's no way in hell. I was distracted.
1: But let me put it like this. My mom always used to tell me this quote that stuck with me and probably will stick to me till I take it to my grave. Um, let me ask you, how do you eat an elephant?
0: How do you eat an elephant? Yeah,
1: how do you eat an elephant?
0: I would
2: start
0: at the ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to break it apart or something. I don't know.
1: You eat an elephant one bite at a time. Okay. Yeah. So if you're going to go into anything, whether it's meditation or learning how to wakeboard, whatever skill you're trying to do or apply to your life, you got to take it one day at a time, mm-hmm. one moment at a time, yep. one hour at a time. I'm not going to sit down and practice mindfulness the way a monk does. Right. I'm going to sit down and just take my crack at it, but... The thing is, is human beings are very habitual in nature. And it they say it takes around 22 days to instill a habit right. or to break a habit. So if you want to practice mindfulness, it's not about the intensity at which you start. It's just making sure that you stick to it and try to do it at least once every day. Yeah. Consistency is always key.
0: Consistency is big. Like, to me, like, when I, when I, I can't even remember when I first started, like, even dwelling into this whole mindfulness world but um i remember first starting it and like just reading books about it and and like there's this book i don't know if you've ever read it it's called the untethered soul no i haven't read it i highly recommend it i I've, i'm pretty sure i've recommended it on on here before but it's like the always the book that i always go back to when i like talk about this and like one of the things that it, it talks about is like how we have to like detach ourselves from from the external and focus more on like you know looking in within ourselves becoming more aware of like how we think how we talk to ourselves because like the conversations that we have with you know within ourselves or the conversations that kind of reflect our external world right so if we're always having like these negative conversations and we're always making excuses like why me why me why me you know our external eventually is going to kind of reflect that same thing you know like everything's happening against you instead of for you right and that's something that in this book, like it, it, it brings that to life, right? But that's where the aspect of mindfulness comes in because you have to become aware of the fact that you're having those conversations with yourself where you're putting everything against you, where you could switch that narrative in that 22 day mm-hmm. period to break that habit and start saying, this is not happening against me. This is happening for me. You may not see it right now, but there is something that's happening right now that is happening for you. And I remember when I started to kinda like incorporate that into my into my life. I'll never forget I was I was driving to work when I was working at Kind and I got a flat tire on the way to work, right? And like obviously it's like a very easy situation to like get pissed, like be upset, like everything. Like just be like, this would happen to me. Like and I was just like, I don't know what happened, but I got a flat tire. There's nothing I could do about it at this point. Something in the universe told me I had to get this flat tire today. So I was just like, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to call AAA because I have, you know, insurance. And before you know it, I'll be back on the road. But for right now, I am not supposed to be on the road. I'm supposed to have this flat tire.
1: You know what you just did? What did I do? You practiced mindfulness. Yeah. You took a moment out of your day that could have been a very, you know, negative experience. And you tried to find the positive in it. And you used it as a moment to reflect what the universe was telling you. And exactly. I think... Maybe the universe was telling you to slow down.
0: What is your perspective on like, because people always toss this out there, like, what is the universe trying to like communicate to me? Right. So they talk about like, hey, um, like, what is the sign or, the, you know, the God, the universe, whatever it is, is trying to communicate something to me. Like when when you I, I, I think they call it synchronicity is, is kind of like the word that I've heard before for it. What is your perspective on that? And just because we've brought it up, so I want to like touch up on that and give people a little bit of perspective on that. What is your kind of viewpoint on that?
1: It's funny that you use the word perspective because I would say that that's my answer is completely your perspective. Um, like we that. choose to see certain things based off of how we are internally. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to see something as a sign, it's because you're looking for that. True. And I don't think that random things happen. I think everything yeah, really does happen for a reason. But I also feel that in a world where we feel like we have no control, uh, usually when we have no control, we, we make a lot of excuses for ourselves. You know, those are the moments where we can complain because since we have no power to change our circumstance, we can point fingers to everyone but ourselves. And that is a negative mindset. And that's not being mindful. But if you choose to look at um, taking responsibility for everything that happens in your life, every single little thing, whether it be negative or positive, choosing to take responsibility gives you the power to have mindfulness to change those outcomes. And if you can't change those outcomes, you can change how you perceive them and how they shape your life.
0: Yeah, it always comes down back to, to us and like what control we're willing to, to kind of take, you know? because we do have control over our minds as you know to to all extent at the end of the day you know it's about i think it's about coming becoming aware of that thought process right not being cuz I, I don't like the word control right cuz there's like a a friction to it it's cuz there's also an acceptance and understanding that comes with it well, I but think, i think yeah. it's like the control about okay i'm realizing i have this shitty mindset going on i have the control to change it right because it's not going to change itself. Like that. That. That's kind of like the way I, le- I, I look at it.
1: Let's use examples. Because I feel examples can really help us understand things better. Uh, let's use an example that I feel everyone can kind of apply to their own lives. Let's talk about relationships. Let's say that you have a certain relationship that doesn't work out. Um, let's talk about a romantic relationship, for instance. We can choose to be bitter about the relationship not working out. And then that time that we spend alone instead of using that time to better ourselves internally and prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally for the next lucky partner that comes along, we can choose to be bitter, and we don't use that time to better ourselves. So then when we are in a relationship with the next lucky person that comes along, (laughs) we can't be the best version of ourselves, and we can't share in a love that would be more powerful and more passionate, as if you hadn't done it.
0: So, so you're you're saying, all right, let me let me let me think on that. So you're saying from, from, like, using your example of the relationship, right, mm-hmm. that w- when we're when we're in that like I guess like time in between where we're not you know we're not really with anyone we're more alone we're more in our thoughts. Like you're saying to take that time more to kind of like switch the narrative of how we view our past or more of like how we change how we how we try to like create our future
1: okay uh so let's say that that relationship ends you have two options okay um you can choose to be alone and use that alone time um to be a time of growth this could also be applied to the pandemic even yeah if you no even it, think it definitely doesn't it. have to yeah. be
0: towards relationship only
1: or you have your second option you can can i curse
0: yeah yeah oh okay oh yeah that's all you want
1: you can be a little bitch and you can cry (laughs) about your circumstances and you can be sad that you have you know you've lost that significant other you don't have anybody to spend that time with anymore you don't have someone to do things with and uh you know you you're going to try to fill a void and that void that needs to be filled you need to fill yourself
0: yeah but I, i i think too that subconsciously you create you created that void
1: Oh, 100 percent.
0: So it's not like it's not like something that you know that, we, that just happened. That's that's old thought processes and old thought patterns that have existed. That that maybe even old healing from maybe a relationship before that one. You know, or, and, and not or only an issue old, that happened before yeah, that one. Not only
1: old old thought pro- pro- processes, but um, our brains. You know, a lot of people try to separate mind and behavior, but they go hand in hand. They're interchangeable.
0: Oh, I, I think. I think everything starts up here, like our actions, our behaviors, our attitude, our personalities. Every experience all are dictated based off of of, of up here.
1: Uh, like every experience alters your brain, the bio biochem- the biochemical structures of your brain, the way that your neurons fire. Um, the most easy. Example that I could get ev- anyone, everyone knows what PTSD is, right. you know, that's uh, an, an emotional experience that causes trauma physically to your brain and it alters the way that your brain makes connections for the rest of your life. That's obviously on a really crazy scale, but little things like that happen to us all the time. So you might have a traumatic experience, you can also have a traumatic relationship, true. you know, and abuse can come in more ways than just physical, verbal, emotional. So
0: yeah, because, look, there's some things at the end of the day, externally, that are completely out of our control, right? Mm-hmm. So we could say, hey, we have everything right up here, right? Which no one ever is going to have it always completely right up here. We continue to mature over experiences over time. Um, but I think that's a good point, right? There's some external factors that they happen, right? You know, whatever it is, the death of a, of a loved one, a sickness, ba- you know, abuse... Verbal, physical, whatever you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. there's external traumas that have a very big effect on our, you know, on our minds, on our, on who we are. So those are things that, in the moment, we don't really have control because we're blinded at some capacity, right? But that's where mindfulness comes back into play because a per and I and, and no one's ever co- no, I don't want to say ever, but. A lot of times people are not mindful in that moment because, you know, they're mindful of other things that that's grabbing their attention away. But that's why it's so important to continue to be a mindful person, to continue to understand the current situation that you're at, you know, being present. Right. And I want to kind of touch on that being present aspect a little bit more. But, you know, being present and understanding, because when you're able to be more present in those moments and be more understanding and be more mindful, you can possibly avoid those situations possibly say or not let them get to the level that they may get to right i would say that you know because again some things are out of our control and and yeah. again it goes back that i hate to say it and it's cliche but like it is what it is right and it's a very like lame in turn when it comes to like very si- f- physical issues but like i'm a big believer that god or or the universe whatever you want to call it is never going to give us anything that's too difficult for us to handle. That's just my, that's my mindset, that's my perspective, right? I've dealt with trauma in my life, I've dealt with my own personal battles, my own thing, and that's where that comes from, right? I'm not just saying that and I'm pulling that out of my ass, Yeah, you know?
1: I think that a lot of people also, and I don't want to get religious, but, I mean, I'm Catholic and that's yeah. what I was brought up with. I can't say that I've I am as Catholic as I was when I was a child, you know, as you're an adult, you go through stuff, but... We're all taught to carry our own cross, mm-hmm. and one thing that I learned at a really young age was I can't compare my cross to yours, sure. but if you can remember that story from the Bible, uh, Jesus had help carrying his cross, Yeah, you know, true. so I don't think that we should suffer in silence. Yeah, I think that part yeah, of the human you experience, voice, you're, yeah.
0: allowed, you know, you're allowed to use it and, and, and kind of speak through whatever's going on.
1: Of course, par- part of the human experience is relationships. And we're going to go into um, the three R's. The
0: Dan Siegel's three R's.
1: Dan Siegel is a, a psychiatrist. I actually found him uh, thanks to Chelsea Handler, the great comedian. Um, she was going through a rough time and she was starting therapy. She decided to document her uh, journey through therapy and write a book on it. And uh, she used one of the most amazing American psychiatrists, Dan Siegel, Um which I wish I could afford because <laughs> I feel like he could, right, yeah, he
0: could change your life. He
1: could change anybody's life. But yeah, we can go into the three R's if you want to introduce yes. it.
0: So as, as you sent me that note and you were like, Dan Sagel, three R's. And I just saw the three R's and it was reflection, relationship and resilience. Right. Those are the three R's. That is So, the three. Um, you know, I guess go into what those three R's represent, you know, what they mean, I and and why he has those three
1: R's, I guess. Okay, so if we're to experience the gift of real presence, even as we feel the uncertainty about what lies ahead, we need to make use of our capacity for mindfulness. Okay, so what if it, um, what if it all took a better, let me put this in a better way. What if it, what if it all took to better your health, was inner reflection. Your health, physical health. Physical health, yeah. So not, not just that. your mind. Physical health should start with your yeah. mental. So the willingness to look inward can significantly affect our physical health. And we're going to explore this idea more later when we talk about um, uh, Daniel Siegel's R, the third R, which is resilience. But let's go into what we need to talk about first. So the three R's came into play because Daniel Siegel basically felt that the American school system was failing kids because usually the three things that you think of that children are taught in school are writing, reading, and arithmetic. So we teach these kids what we feel is most important which is intellectual ability but we don't teach them emotional regulation. Emotional regulation is usually something that you're taught at home or Things that you see or experience um in your everyday life right. but i don't remember a time in my young adult life where i ever had a class about emotions or i had someone sit down and explicitly okay. explain unless you did therapy as a kid right which i think every kid should do therapy whether or not you feel that there's something wrong with you, you know, there doesn't have to be anything wrong but there with doesn't, you i
0: was going to say therapy has a the the misconception that you need therapy when when that when there's something wrong with you which is unfortunate because you know what that's saying is that you have to basically get to that point to get therapy when if you started therapy before you probably would have never gotten to that point so it's a bad it's a bad Mm -hmm. misconception that's just kind of thrown around
1: mindfulness is not something that we're born with it's something that we learn and so i feel therapy especially starting therapy at a young age can really help you instill those really good principles and help you be the best version of yourself as an adult
0: therapy could be as simple as you know community you know just having those conversations with people you know like sitting down and just saying hey this is what's on my mind and then you find your own like personal therapy that you're able to kind of like yeah. do with yourself you know you know whether that's just like going out for a walk playing basketball mine's freaking playing golf right now so <laughs> yeah you know like whatever it is something to like kind of like get away like be with yourself and kind of like sit and just and just feel and do your thing you know uh being in nature being outdoors like to me that's where i feel like the most therapeutic you know and and i think everybody has their own version of their own therapy you know and yeah. then there's the aspect of like you know sitting down with a professional or, or or anybody where you feel like you can actually have a conversation and express emotion
1: mm-hmm. so dr dan siegel explored the neural circuits of the world of the mind so he says when we are interconnected with others in tune with them have insight into ourselves and others and have empathy empathy with them, we have mindset. So going into the three R's, reflection. Reflection can go hand in hand with mindfulness and emotional regulation. So we're taught as kids to develop the capacity to mention our feelings and then to be able to manage them, right? So we don't have tantrums. It's all about understanding our emotions. That's one of the key aspects of being a child and going into adolescence. That's the basis of emotional intelligence and that's the basis of social intelligence. Because when you understand your own feelings um, and learn to manage them, you can actually uh, begin to understand people. So that's kind of what reflection is all about. Now, reflection goes hand in hand with relationships, because obviously if we can manage our emotions and learn to express them, we can understand other people and their emotions. So relationships goes hand in hand with your well-being. Relationships at our core, you know, as human beings, that's what we seek.
0: When he says relationships, does he mention anything about like our relationships with so specifically, or is he f- solely focusing on relationships? If you don't know the answer to this, it's fine. he's
1: he's focusing on relationships we have with, with others, with others. Okay. whether they be platonic or right. romantic, whatever, yeah, yes. whatever
0: those relationships are.
1: So, relationships. When you think of relationships, you should be thinking of your well-being. That's co- sort of has a big impact on your emotional state. Nobody likes to be alone. No one likes to be lonely.
0: So is he saying that our relationships I don't want to say go hand in hand but kind of like correlate with like our overall well-being and how we feel? A hundred percent.
1: So our brains have the ability to form really great relationships and people actually thrive and feel really good about themselves and others when they have positive relationships in their lives. So if you develop kindness and compassion towards yourself and kindness and compassion towards others, then you can begin to build good, lasting relationships. So like to touch up on what you said, yeah, we have to have a good relationship with ourselves, right? or else we can't really have a good yeah, relationship I'll, with anyone else. Have a relationship. Yeah. So the number one factor when you're looking at mental health, physiological health, medical health, longevity, happiness, whatever it may be, number one factor in all of that um boils down to relationships and it can be proven in a lot of studies and that's what um dr siegel says so the third r is resilience and resilience what does that mean to you since you love it so much
0: resilience to me is just like by any means like you're gonna make it happen like no excuse mentality like it's you know you want it you go get it Mm -hmm. um I don't know, I just love that word.
1: So resilience (laughs) is exactly what you say it is, and it's probably, you know, something that hits close to home to everybody. It's a hard thing to practice.
0: It's crazy though, because when you said that word, it's not like a word, like, I'm saying that now because it's hitting me about how much I like that word, right? Mm -hmm. Because I do practice that, but I don't utilize that word in my head, like in my vocabulary. So I just want to say thank you for that word.
1: Thank Dr. Dan Siegel. (laughs) So, resilience is continual awareness in terms of what Dr. Siegel feels. And let's also remind ourselves that Dr. Siegel's a doctor, so he's going to see the mind as the brain and human behavior playing on the same team, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I could definitely get behind that.
1: Playing as well as Jimmy Butler and, and Bam played today. Yeah, yeah, there it
0: is. I was waiting for the heat to get <laughs> thrown back in there.
1: So, um, if we're going to go into resilience, um, when we're talking about self-regulation, why would we care about certain parts of the brain?
0: Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Why would we care about certain parts of the brain? I mean, mean they basically dictate our behaviors and our everyday actions. Yeah,
1: but what does a relationship have to do with the brain anyways? And if self-regulation is really a mental function, because the self is really part of your mind then is the mind just the brain or is it something else
0: i don't so i guess i answer the second question first um is the mind just a brain i would say no i i think the mind is a lot more than just the brain because i think the mind you know is firing off nerves and i and i'm i you know i'm not gonna say not something more scientific when i say this okay
1: so let me pause you mindfulness Mindful. so when we think of mindfulness it's not just our behavior it's how our mind and our brain works with our behavior
0: and our body mind body soul connection like to that's me that's like the, whole, body, yeah, like the whole yeah the whole that body, body, whole yeah. it all kind of ties together because if this isn't working how the rest you know how is this going to really work at its full capacity exactly yeah, full capacity
1: you know mm-hmm. mm. wow i at that <laughs> full circle i love it when things <laughs> go full circle So these are the kinds of things that we really need to think deeply about when we're thinking about these three R's and And mindfulness. And and
0: where does the resilience really tie in? Because I understand, like...
1: Well, we'll get to it. Okay, okay. But the whole concept of what we were just talking about, the mind and the brain and the behavior, Dr. Siegel kind of coined this term, and it was a term that's never been said before, and it's called interpersonal neurobiology. Interpersonal, you know? Right, right with myself and others neurobiology so basically integration is the linkage of separate things together and when it's neutral it means it is in the nervous system and that's all that means that's a direct quote from uh, Dr. Siegel yeah so neurointegration is basically the heart of health it's the heart of health in your body it's the heart of health in your mind it's the heart of health in our relationships not just with one another, but also with the whole planet. And so integration, interpersonal neurobiology, becomes a concept that actually organizes all of our thinking. So first you have, so then he's gonna go, he goes into explaining our brain and just the way that it's wired neurologically. So the, you have the, uh, the spinal cord, sorry, so yeah. So first you have the spinal cord, which is basically a collection of cells and neurons that allows energy and information to flow from the body itself and the signals coming up. So our body sends signals up to our mind, but our mind is also sending signals down to our body, okay? So the spinal cord is also a nerve called the vagus nerve, and they all bring stuff from the body up into the skull into part of the nervous system. So the brainstem is going to keep us awake and alert. So it has those nuclei that do that. And the brainstems are also going to have that flight fight freeze reaction we've all heard fight or flight parasympathetic versus sympathetic so when you have a lot of competing things going on in our mind and in our body you can get really agitated or fearful and you can have sort of this threatening reaction you can have a fight reaction or you can freeze
0: so do you think somebody that that is very angry and very agitated all the time like is it as simple as like Maybe releasing like a little bit tension in that area.
1: So everyone's different, and you know why someone might feel agitated or aggressive might be you know the underlying cause is completely different from someone else. But I just want or from the core from like, the from the core. I just want. Because every- I always
0: think it always like you know that like you had a bad day at work. You know someone rubbed you the wrong way. Obviously that's gonna set off an emotion. We're allowed to have those emotions, and we have certain things yeah. that are triggers right to to, to certain emotions. But I always think that there's something deep down that kind of like where these emotions stem from.
1: Uh, being mindful is not about not feeling your emotions. You need to feel your emotions. It's, it's more of taking responsibility for your emotions and understanding why you're feeling the way I that think you that, feel.
0: Exactly. And, that, and that's, where I, that's where I was going. It's like the understanding of the why. Exactly. You know?
1: like, and that's not an easy question to not, answer.
0: It's not. But I love that question. Continue. Yeah.
1: So (laughs) jumping off topic a little bit, based off like problems and issues in our lives, um, often the only difference between a problem being painful or being powerful is a sense that we choose it and that we're responsible for it. So if we're responsible We're
0: responsible for the
1: for the problem. For the problem. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, it's that's a really difficult thing. I have not mastered that in my life. It's it's sometimes things happen to me. and I'm like, there's no way that I could have controlled that. Right. And it's very difficult. To come to that. To have. Okay. Yeah. But if you're miserable in your current situations, chances are it's because you feel like some part of it is outside of your control. Right. Right.
0: I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And
1: that's um, that there's a problem that you have no ability to solve a problem that was like somehow thrust upon you and you had no choice to choose it. That's that's what makes me upset i get pissed off at the world a lot because i feel shit's thrown at me and i and i wasn't asking for it
0: right and i think there's like when you have like a at least for me like a part of me that gets that'll get me frustrated and like will get me like agitated is like when there's not like a full-blown understanding and like the unknown right when there's like an unknown we all want the answer now 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 and it could get frustrating when that happens you know not knowing why something is is occurring at this moment or why things aren't working exactly how you have them planned or how you thought they were going to go you know and i think it goes back to the whole of like understanding and just accepting of what is
1: acceptance because when we feel that we're choosing our problems we accept our problems we're going to feel empowered right we feel empowered that we're accepting what's happening to us so therefore since we're choosing to go through this pain we can take the necessary steps to actually better ourselves and get ourselves out of it, instead of just sitting in our shit and smelling it.
0: Exactly. That's not. It's not a productive way of of utilizing your energy.
1: Yeah. So going back to resilience, um, the mind helps regulate how all this inflammation information flow is happening in your awareness, and in your subjective experience, and even in how you communicate it to other people. So the reason why we're talking about reflection and resilience is reflection when you look inward. Um, you know what Dan Siegel calls this in time.", um, it in, de- time. Yeah, in time. Uh, it develops this part of the brain. So uh, time in or in time, according to Dan, uh, quote unquote, he says, "This is time that you may already spend engaged in a formal mindfulness practice like yoga or meditation. Inward reflection can include the three pillars of focusing attention, opening awareness, and cultivating kind intervention. So in time was like that, you know, basic idea of meditation, like what we see in books, presence. And, you know, see movies, read in books. Yeah, presence. So um, it take, so our brain integration takes all these things, pulls them together, and this area integrates everything. Our brain integrates everything. It integrates your body, your brain system, your limbic area. Your limbic area is uh, associated with a lot of our emotions, our emotional regulation, your cortex, which is like your decision-making and even your relationship with other people. So when you reflect on things and you have relationships where two people honor each other and care about each other, with connections and communications, we call that an integrated relationship. So the take-home message for everybody listening, to sum it up, is when you have reflection and you have relationships that are caring and connecting, you can actually stimulate the growth of the integrated fibers in the brain and these are the fibers that allow you to have resilience. So resilience, relationships, and reflections have to happen together.
0: The three R's, wow. The three R's. God. It was named Dr. Dan Siegel, right? Yep. And where the hell did you find all this from him?
1: Okay. Um, I was reading um, Chelsea Handler's book, Life Will Be the Death of Me. Okay. It's an autobiography, and it's her basically talking about her journey through therapy She's one freaking holly, yeah, funny lady.
0: I, no, I've heard about her like whole therapy thing. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: It's her really coming to terms and understanding what white privilege is, how um, she can use it to benefit the world instead of using it to benefit herself. Right. And it's her coming, becoming aware, becoming aware of her white privilege, aware of her trauma. Um, her her brother passed away at a young age, and um, it really affected her family dynamic and the way that her parents treated her and. There was just a lot of unresolved things that she didn't deal with, and she was a very angry person, and so she was like, damn, I need to start therapy. Yeah. And she contacted this this guy, and he obviously is not cheap. So. <laughs> um, but what's really interesting is if you have never tried therapy or you're intimidated or you don't know enough about it, I think this is a great way to introduce you uh, to it in a, in a really light, fun-hearted way, because um, Chelsea Handler is a comedian, and she does push it on very very funny okay.
2: That's
1: and cool. it'll definitely open up your eyes And maybe make you feel like You can take something from it And there's a lot of things I took from it This is just something that I wanted to talk about The three R's But um, he also talks about an anagram tests, Which are personality tests What is it called? Uh, an anagram It's, an-anagram it's kind of weird to spell
0: e, What is it? Anagram.
1: anagram Yeah it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M okay. And it's actually a proven psychological test that is recognized by um, the American Board of um, Psychology. And it's a test that nobody can take except you. It's a personality test. test? Nobody can diagnose you because um, Dan Siegel explains it. uh, When you meet someone, Everyone kinds of, kinds of tries to paint themselves to be a brighter picture than what they are. Right. You know, uh, there's different versions of us that exist in every person that we meet. And um, the only real person that knows who we are is ourselves.
0: And I don't even think we know ourselves.
1: So this test helps us figure out what kind of personality we are to help us become more mindful of uh, what's important to us and how we interact in the world and how the world might see us and how
0: and where can you how, how do you take one of these tests
1: so these tests are found online okay um uh, you can google it i think that the the best one to pick you just put it in google and it's going to be um from the anagram enneagram institute i really hope i'm saying this right but if let's i'm not let's gonna, just pretend definitely like saying
0: i am you're better than i am so <laughs> I, I can't even repeat that
1: but what's really cool about this test is like there's uh, I think 8 or 9 personality types and taking the test, I mean, it's not going to take you more than 15 minutes. You should definitely do it. It'll give you insight you on it? I have. Okay. And uh my personality type is the giver. Yeah, the giver and the helper, so I have uh, a little bit of both. Um but really there's no right or wrong personality to have. You can have a little bit of yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just be if you're aware of what kind of personality you are, like mindfulness, you exactly. can figure out what you need to change in your life to get what you want. Because if you're a giver or a helper, but you want to climb the corporate world, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to learn how to be a little more resilient.
0: It's true. It's true. That's that, that's that's a good point. And like to kind of like add to what you were saying, like going back to like the whole mindfulness and like your personality and understanding like who you are. I think mindfulness does a very good job of allowing you to understand who you are, right? Because you get to see the good, the bad, the ugly of you, mm-hmm. you know? You have, because part of the mindfulness is not all colors and beautiful rainbows and like, la la la, I'm free. It's not, like, you're going to see a lot of dirt and baggage and shit that you've been carrying, you know?
1: You're and gonna I think, see a lot of things that are gonna make you really disgusted that's where with yourself. And it's gonna you wanna
0: like get out of it because you're like, it feels so uncomfortable, but like you gotta go through that pain of like understanding who you are, letting go of whatever that shit and that crap is okay. and that junk that you've been carrying for whatever reason it is, right? We all have our personal baggage, like you, you know, our personal cross that we carry, you know? But it's okay to like let it go, to have someone there to help you let it go, like, big big part of the whole mindfulness journey that's what it is it's it's a journey you know within and and understanding who you are and it within that journey you find more and more a deeper connection to yourself which then connects to those you know those three r's you know it's the reflection reflection aspect where i have to look within myself you know having that relationship with myself and with others because i've reflected i know who i am i know who i can be and the type of person that I am amongst others, and the people that I want to be around, and then it's like I have to be resilient about the whole thing, you know. Because if not, what, what you know, what am I doing? So, to me, you know, from this conversation alone, because after this, I, I I studied this, and Dan Siegel has never come into my life before. So, you know, from my perspective of of this, from what we've you know, what we talked about today, the reflection aspect is 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 the core behind it. But like you said, you can't have all three unless they're simultaneously working together. Of
1: course, I agree. And um, I also want to touch up on um, another book that really helped me uh, gain a better perspective on the whole brain aspect that comes in terms with behavior. Uh, it's a topic that's not really easy to understand for everyone. I mean, I have a medical background. I studied psychology and was a pre-med at FIU. Go Panthers. Awesome. And uh, I just graduated from a master's program at University of South Florida. Um, I did a master's in nice. medical science. So I've always been really interested in how science influences behavior. And uh, when yeah, I was in undergrad. Bad. That's what I would do, too. Yeah. Be
0: like <laughs> human behavior and
1: understanding um, the So basically one the book that really really helped me gain a better perspective and I think everybody should really read this because it's really frustrating when you tell someone like just be mindful just like yeah, be better, s- you know. Yeah, doesn't say
0: anything to anybody.
1: Yeah, we all know that it's our responsibility to be to be better versions of ourselves than who we were yesterday, but a lot of us have chemical imbalances, a lot of us are struggling through mental illness and, you know, unfortunately Mental illness isn't something that you can see physically. You don't see someone that has a mental illness in a cast, you know, like you can't see that they're going right. through something. Yeah, and a
0: lot of the time they're putting up a front. So it's hard to even yeah. even if they weren't like no one is showing their weakness. You know, like that's not what we as humans that's not what we're taught to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like our animal instinct in us, we can't show weakness because then we're prey to the and we're vulnerable. Of course. And that's just that's the again, the mind and our human behavior you know i i mean i don't want to get too into this but like I've, I've even read things that like our mind is part of our whole evolution process like the reason fear exists is because when we were cavemen way back when our survival was just like hey there's a freaking tiger running after me i have to have fear because it's going to protect me of course and our mind has not evolved to that capacity yet right it's our
1: fight or flight it's our fight or flight exactly so also anxiety is one of those primitive feelings you know uh You'd be sitting down and nothing really is going wrong in your life and all of a sudden you get this pang of anxiety that hits yeah. and you have no idea how to deal with it or how to work through it um, so understanding your body and your mind on a biochemical aspect really helped me understand how I can um, kind of train my my mind my brain I should say yeah to kind of rewire itself and create new connections and neuroplasticity our brain is one of the most amazing organs of our body. It really is. And I don't want to say just brain. I would say mind-brain because technically our heart has a brain and our and our gut has a brain, but yeah. that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> so this book is called The Body Keeps Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. Um, and it's a book by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. I really hope I said his name right. But Sounded right. I definitely recommend this book as well. Um, and then the first book I recommended was Chelsea Handler, The Life Will Be the Death of Me.
0: Awesome. I'm glad you threw some book recommendations in there. I love I love some good books.
1: Oh, and since I love tests, and I'm sure everybody else is a huge fan of tests, aside from the nanogram test, I'm going to ask everybody to go take a test and figure out what their love language is. Because if you know what your love language is, um, you'll be able to find a partner that matches your love language and, how do I d- how and do if I do you and if you already have a partner and you guys have different love languages do we start um, making
0: love with a bunch of people and sing i mean <laughs> I'm it's kidding. the
1: I'm love kidding. language I'm test kidding. is like a questionnaire just like the nanogram test um, a book? yeah right. there is a book um the book is the website that i would take the actual love language test on there's a couple of websites um, I don't remember off the top of my head what okay. is the one that you should use, but I'm sure if you guys Google it you can find it. Um See. I recommend this because again the three R's relationships is a really big part of it. And um love language, I my love language is giving gifts and um acts of service. I love I think, you know, doing something from someone is is worth more than any gift or any present, but I also am very thoughtful and I like to to give gifts not just buy someone something but buy one buy something for someone that means something to them
0: yeah there's got to be a little bit of sentiment into yeah it. but it also i think it takes it takes you know
1: it shows that you listen and you're paying it was attention gonna say,
0: you're paying attention that's the biggest thing you have to pay attention because i've been on both sides of like i didn't do a good job of like paying attention and then it, it's difficult to find what that person wants and then i you know being on the receiving side i can tell like oh wow this person didn't pay attention like they always say, I don't care for this, you know? So, I agree with that.
1: Of course. Um, so, there's five love languages. Okay, um, that's what
0: I was about to ask you. So, it's five love languages. is It's a secret to love that lasts by Chapman. That one? Yes. Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman.
1: So, it would be www.5lovelanguages.com. Com. is the website mm-hmm. that you can take uh, the test. Yep. You don't have to be in a relationship. You can be uh, single. It, they have specific categories and for men. And what is this
0: based off of? This five love languages, like is it like a psychological like like how do they base do you know
1: of course um, The Five Love Languages was written by Dr. Gary Chapman um, he has a PhD he's an author speaker and counselor and he has a passion for people and helping them to form lasting relationships okay. um, I think this book came out 25 years ago oh, and wow. then yeah so it's definitely something that um, I feel like it's well known but a lot of people not enough people know about it and I well, think you it's you know about it
2: right dude I read it Oh, you read it? I, yeah, I love that book. Uh, I think it's it's pretty common for people our age to, to read it. You know, now we're getting to that stage in life. Yeah. Uh, Got a bind. What it basically goes over is like a couple scenarios. Like they keep the names anonymous, of course. And he's uh um, he's like a, a marriage and family counselor, right? Pretty much. No, I'm good. I'm good. I just use the letter. He's a marriage and family counselor, and he'll go and cases of when people are having difficulty in their relationship, and they'll, he'll keep the scenarios anonymous, and he'll try and, and see if, like he can, no, 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 just so I pick it up. Uh, Chapman will try and see like how he can apply that to the five love, love languages. At the end of the book, he'll ask the reader to actually do a quiz about which love language or two, as she said. Um, they are and, and based on the, the answer you choose you'll get like oh I'm a little bit of words of affirmation I'm a little bit of physical touch for me in particular I'm half of words of affirmation and physical touch and I was not too like surprised. a little bit of the touchy-touchy but not
0: too much of the touchy-touchy That's a lot of the touchy-touchy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's a
2: great book it's a really easy read and I think it does go hand in hand with
1: Let's, but let's touch up on that touchy-touchy, you know? Touchy-touchy yeah. subject to touch about the touchy-touchy. But um, uh, the love language of touch is more of like you're showing, your, um, you're affirming your love with, for your partner through touch. So that would be hugging them when they're stressed out. Right. Or cuddling yeah. them or holding their hand. Yeah. Or, you know, there's people that, uh, in this world that really need that in a relationship in order to feel reassured. And then there's other people that don't need that but they just need it verbally right. to be said to them like i love you i'm there for you whatever or, you need or of
2: service
1: taking out the trash doing things without having to be asked
2: yes basically filling up the love tank for the other person so that's yeah. uh, definitely
0: great i gotta yeah that's that's gonna be next for me
1: so the five languages are physical touch quality time Acts of service, words of affirmation, and receiving gifts. And like in all things in life, everything's a spectrum. You're never definitively into one category. Um, What's cool is the test will give you a percentage of what you are. Um, And I think it's really, really important for you to be able to know what you are and what your partner is so that you can see what they need from you. Because you might not be a words of affirmation kind of guy or girl, but if you're with someone that is... That means that you kind of have to be mindful of, of their feelings and how they receive love. Yeah. A relationships, and a lot of work.
0: Like, you know, it takes it takes time for you to to understand that person. It's not like, you know, all lovey dovey and it's just like everything's all good. Like, no, like you're going to have your times where you have to be there and mm-hmm. and really evaluate, you know, even though you may not agree. You got to put that a little bit aside and be like, OK, this is this is what love is you know like this is what i have to do for this moment because this is what my person you know wants you know even with your friends bro like you know i you know my friends that, that i care about my family that i care about i may not see eye to eye on everything but i have opened my eyes to be like you know what i have to be more understanding of where they're coming from you know and, and that's with every relationship so
1: yeah reflection is definitely a big part of that Mm-hmm. And I feel that once you become mindful with yourself, is when you can really start giving and filling up other people, other people's gas tanks, per se. So
0: other oh, people's gas tanks. Yeah. Like that.
1: If if you're in a relationship and you feel like you're running on empty, just let your your person know, and I'm sure that you guys can work together, and just do life, man. Stay tranquilo. Yeah,
0: I like it. Well, that's a good way to to kind of segment on our on our way out. Um, but before we go out. I always, I was telling Chris that I wanted to incorporate this to the pod. So I was like, we remember how we said we wanted to add a question, right? Yeah,
2: you have
0: a question. Sir. I came with a question that just came up in my head, okay. and it fits based on how the day was going today. Um, if you could be a Heat player, who would it be?
1: Oh my God!
0: With I think I know the to this already, but
1: undoubtedly, it would be who my background is on my phone Let's and see. who I love. I think
0: I know. T buckets
1: tyler hero baby
0: i like it i like it i would too
1: you want to know why because there's no way that boy plays so good without being mindful of where his body is and every single second he's moving it. freaking
0: man We have to figure out how to get tyler hero on this one day (laughs) uh mine would be jimmy butler just because his like resilience is the thing that stands out to me how like he was getting so much shit for like leaving the Sixers, and like he's going on vacation in Miami. He doesn't care. He just wants to be his own team, and he found a way to like turn that off. Like you know, like build a sick ass relationship with the teammates around him, and they're re- they're one resilient motherfucking team, brother. Really. The Goons yeah. from Miami. So, the whole
1: franchise is resilient. Yeah,
0: it starts it starts with the top. You know, uh, what's his face? Um, Pat Riley has instilled a sick culture Those there. One of the best cultures, like in in, spo- in sports, top, yeah. yeah, and it shows. It shows. You look, you look at the Patriots, look at the Spurs, like it all comes from good,
1: him, yeah, former players, like,
0: not good cast Your people, your relationships, that
1: whole Miami mentality is yeah. definitely what makes our franchise special. Yeah. And I agree. Jimmy Butler fits into that culture so perfectly. Oh gosh,
0: he, he, does. I think he does. Can't fit a square into a circle. It's like, it's he's he's the perfect freaking match for that team but all righty with that being said thank you for all the insights today
1: thank you Andre and Chris for having me and thank you for all the listeners I hope that you guys take something with you and it doesn't end here I I hope you you do your own research and you uh, expand what I've given you today and you run with it
0: yeah yeah I agree it's the consistency that we talked about like you could do it one day, you could do it two days, but
1: start could, small. Exactly. Because if you bite Baby off steps. more than you can chew, you're not going to try it and pick it up again. So don't set unrealistic expectations. Just start small. Start writing a couple of things that you're thankful for every day and take it from there.
0: Love it. Thanks, dude. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Um, Chris, do you want to say anything from the distance? Uh, I'm good. You're good? You guys had a great conversation. Thank, Thank you. Part of it. Thanks, dude. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, what's your Instagram handle so you can sh- oh. share it with the people?
1: My Instagram handle is at Amelia A M E L I A underscore Ferrer F E R R E R.
0: You know what? I have uh, your name um, saved on um, as my phone. Uh, dope music because dope music. because I didn't I didn't remember your name the day I met you. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, this girl had dope music, and this is what I'm gonna save around my name. So. I think
1: that's honestly why we connected so well. We with it, your music. it was it
0: was through the music. That it is very true. Music. music is big time. But <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, make sure to follow us at Stay Tranquilo, and follow at Chris from Tranquilo, and uh, leave us a review. And that's about it. Thanks, guys. Go eat.